Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Well, thank you so much, Connection Point. Uh, it's a joy to be here. I, I left the pink fishing blouse at home this time, so my goodness, who let me wear that in public? Um, it's a joy to be with you, so uh, thank you for being here, and welcome to the Avon campus as well. Uh, it's a special time that we get to be together today, and especially as we get to honor the first responders in our community and those that are here with us in Brownsburg and in Avon at those both those locations. You guys are going to hate this. You ladies are going to hate this if you're in that category of a first responder in police or fire or EMS services. But we would really, really appreciate the opportunity to thank you and honor you. And so if you are a first responder and you're here in the room today or in the Avon room there today, would you please stand? Um, you don't take orders from civilians. I get it. But <laughs> would you please stand so that we can just... Uh, Thank you and honor you, the officers in the back there. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We love you, men and women, that uh, put yourselves on the line for us day in and day out. I think one of my favorite parts about first responders is their willingness to put themselves in harm's way, even when it comes at a great sacrifice. Uh, they put themselves in harm's way and may sacrifice uh, their own safety, just the weight that you carry, the things that you're exposed to, the burden that we know that that places on your, your family, and you keep doing it for us. Um, I really, truly don't know what our community would do without you. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for, for your service and, and your sacrifice. My grandfather was a police officer, and I grew up hearing his stories. Saw real vividly about, uh, about 10 years ago. It was summer of 2013, and your pastor, Pastor John, and I were ministering in the same town in northern Arizona and there was a lightning strike that set a uh, wildland fire, and uh, it was a big one. And uh, the Granite Mountain hotshots went out to uh, try to handle the fire. They were from our community and went out into the forest area. And you may remember the national news then, because the fire really took a lot of acreage, and there were 20 of the Granite Mountain hotshots, one lookout and 19 others that were fighting the fire directly, and the fire turned on the 19. They got trapped in an area that they could not escape from, uh, deployed their safety shelters, got inside, but the fire was so intense, and all 19 firefighters lost their lives. And the one lookout 
that has become a dear friend. He, uh, he himself had to be rescued by another hotshot community, and it was devastating. We were there as they relayed the information to the family members uh, about who had made it and who hadn't. We were a part of a national memorial that took place in our town. This is a picture of that, uh, that powerful day where we got to grieve together, but also honor these 19 heroes. And I don't use that word lightly for first responders, but we got to experience what it looked like for these people to truly, actually, literally lay down their lives to protect our communities. And um, the heart of people that do that is the heart that I would love to talk about today. Because the heart of a first responder is a heart of rescue. And it's that heart that we see also in the heart of God. As first responders, you model a heart of rescue that we see is God's heart. God's got a heart of rescue. And his heart of rescue is there even if it requires great sacrifice on his part. Now, if you've been around the church or you've heard the story of the gospel much, then you're familiar with the sacrifice that God made for me and you. That he took on flesh, he became like us in the person of Jesus Christ and Jesus willingly laid down his life to rescue me and you from sin and sickness and death, separation from him. God saw that we were stuck and chose to come to our rescue. I love that attribute of God's heart for rescue because honestly, you guys, we would be lost without our God. It's a good reminder, right? We're, we are the lost ones. God's not lost. We use that lingo sometimes. You know, I found God when I was 17. I, I found Jesus when I was 26. You didn't find him. He wasn't lost and wandering around. He's been pursuing you since the beginning. And then we were awakened to that reality at some point. Maybe it was 17, maybe it was 26, but we were the one needing the rescue. Every single one of us need rescue. I, I, I look at the, the hints that we were gonna need rescue there's hints all the way back to when we were kids that we needed rescue. I mean, just uh, remember some of those ridiculous rhymes and children's songs that we heard as a kid. Those should have been a clue, oh my, we're all in trouble. Remember this tongue twister? Sally sells seashells by the seashore. What in the world are Sally's parents doing? Why have they contracted out their three-year-old to go sell seashells? Where are Sally's parents? What's wrong with these people? And why do they have her selling seashells at the seashore? The only place I can get seashells for free, you have put your daughter to work? We're in trouble. 
Remember this song? Rockabye baby in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall. And down will come, baby, cradle and all. Sleep well, Bobby. (laughs) Tomorrow night, I'll read you a story about the troll that lives under your bed. (laughs) What's wrong with us? My goodness, we, we all need rescue. We need rescue from our circumstances. We need rescue from relationships. We need rescue from ourselves. We need physical rescue. We need spiritual rescue. Colossians chapter 1. If you have your Bible or an app on the phone, you can turn there. It'll also be here on the screen for you. But Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Here's what the Word of God says quite powerfully and simply about the rescue that we have in God, God's heart for rescue. Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. If you're kind of picturing that verse, then I just want to draw your attention to the rescue of God is really essentially about a transfer. That when he rescued us, his desire to rescue people is also a desire to transfer us from one kingdom to another. Without God, we are a part of the kingdom of the earth, a a worldly kingdom that the enemy has free reign over. And it's a kingdom that's really marked by darkness and oppression and sin and bondage and captivity. And God's heart is to free us by sending his son Jesus on the cross, pursuing us with a heart of rescue. He came into the kingdom of darkness and then breaks our chains. He and he alone is our source of rescue to bring freedom, to transfer us from what is really awful to what is really amazing. To transfer us from addiction to freedom. To transfer us into the light. To transfer us really from death into life. That's God's heart of rescue for me and you. You see this heart of rescue throughout all of scripture, all of history. God's heart of rescue is evident. And there's a pattern to it. And I love repetition, I I love patterns because they're not necessarily formulas but they help me get to know God better. They help me anticipate his, his actions and how he will operate. And his heart of rescue is a pattern. It's not just a one-time occurrence. 
And if you look through the scriptures, the Old Testament and the New Testament, you see this heart of rescue. If you look through history, even in the last 2,000 years, you see this pattern of God to rescue over and over and over again. Have you ever been stunned by what the Jewish people have been through? They were God's initial chosen people to reflect to a watching world what God was like. And they have been persecuted throughout history over and over and over and over and over again. A tiny little nation that runs only about 90 miles from north to south has got hammered over and over and over and over and over again. And, and, and God continues to preserve a remnant of those people. He's always rescuing. God's pattern of rescue is kind of simple. It would look something like this. Number one, God sees us in our struggles. Number two, God initiates a rescue mission, usually involving a person. Remember that. Typically, lowercase p, person. But then there's the ultimate rescue that's gonna come in a capital P, person. And then ultimately, God delivers us from captivity into freedom. And not just that, but into a lasting relationship with him. When God transfers us, he rescues us out of where we're stuck and into freedom, but also into a precious relationship with him that'll last for all eternity. What a rescue this is. That's his heart for rescue. It was real vivid back in the, the Exodus story in the Old Testament, se- second book in your Bible. The Israelites, God's people, find themselves in Egypt, essentially as slaves, for about 400 years. And God sees their condition, he sees their stuck in bondage and oppression. And he raises up a person to initiate a mission of rescue, and it's Moses. And then Moses gets used by God to deliver the people of God out of slavery to the promised land. So what took place literally in history is also a display of what God's desire is to do to me and you today spiritually. He sees us in bondage, he sees us in slavery, he sees us under the weight of oppression and sin, and he has sent someone, namely Jesus, to come to our rescue and deliver us out of slavery and onto the promised land, and he will be with us every step of the way. In Exodus chapter 2, Listen to how it says real briefly here. Exodus chapter two, verse 23. Just before God is gonna get a hold of Moses and send him back into Egypt to help deliver God's people. It says this, years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cry rose up to God. 
God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Maybe you find yourself stuck today. Maybe you're in need of rescue today. It's a particular relationship. It's a health issue. It's a sin struggle. Maybe you go, I I don't even have a relationship with God, and it's coming to my head and to my heart that I do need a rescue in that regard. Well, then you could do what the Israelite people do here, and it's cry out to God. You could do what we sang moments ago. God, I need you. What a simple, beautiful declaration. Why is that so hard to say? Because we're prideful. We don't want to need anyone until the wheels come off, right? And then it's like, okay, yeah, God, I need you. I really need you. Do you know how many times God has rescued you? You ever stop and think about that? Whether you've been around for about 12, 13 years, or maybe 60, 70, 80 years, you look back and ever stop to think how many times God has rescued you. Do you know how many? No, you don't. You could probably come up with one or two, but the reality is he's probably rescued you infinitely more times than you are aware of. How cool is that gonna be someday when you get to see him face to face in heaven, he starts to share the story? When you were driving down the road the other day and you swerved and, oh, oh, your heart started beating real fast. You know, that was a close call. And then someday he tells you, remember that close call back then? Yeah, I remember that. That was me. I sent some angels right there. They swerved the car. Oh, I thought I was just a really good driver. No, that wasn't it. (laughs) I rescued you. Remember when you were about to do that really dumb thing that one night? Yeah. And you didn't for some odd reason because somebody else came over and invited you to go to the thing and you went to the thing instead of the other thing? Yeah, I remember that. It's because I sent that person. I mean, think about how many times God has rescued me and you. It's, it's a ton. I love rescued people. I love people that have been rescued from something. You know, they've lived some real life, I mean some hard life, some dark life, they've had the rough moments. They know the ugly, but then they've come to be rescued by Jesus. When I'm around those people, I've got some close friends that come from the recovery and addiction world, and I love being around them. Because Jesus has rescued them, he's delivered them, but the contrast from what life was like before Jesus is so vivid that they really know what they've been rescued from. And it produces this gratitude that's just, (laughs) it's overwhelming to me. I love rescued people. I was rescued. I've been rescued from stuff that I'm so thankful that he's rescued me from. Ever stop and think about where you'd be without Jesus if he hadn't come and got you? Some of you here aren't rescued yet. 
And just know he's, he's one breath away. He's one cry out away. And his heart is to rescue. He sees you in your struggle. And then he's, he's initiated a rescue mission already. Because what he did historically there in Exodus, he also did historically through Jesus. But the mission of Jesus and the rescue mission of Jesus was really about a spiritual rescue at its core. And the pattern of rescue in Jesus is very similar. He saw you in your struggle with sin, and that sin separates us from God. And then God initiated a rescue of you. He came for you. He came in the flesh. He came in person for you. Jesus did. And he laid down his life on the cross for you to deliver you from the enemy, deliver you from the world, deliver you from yourself, deliver you from sin, to rescue you from sin and death and into a lasting relationship with him. You go back to Colossians chapter one, verse 13 and 14. Take a look again. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. And here's what our dear, his dear son, our Jesus did for us. He purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. He purchased our freedom and forgave our sin. You can tell how much you love something by what you're willing to sacrifice. God loved us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his only son. And then it wasn't cosmic child abuse because Jesus volunteered for the mission. The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are of one accord in unity and Jesus knew the plan and Jesus said, I'll go, I volunteer. And so Jesus came and he purchased us. He purchased you from the enemy. He purchased you out of the world. He purchased you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus. He purchased you. There was a cost to buy you and me back from the enemy. And the cost was Jesus' life. Man. What a rescue. He purchased me and you. And then he forgave us our sins. (laughs) That's mind-blowing to me. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21 says, God made him who knew no sin, Jesus, become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, what Jesus did for us on the cross provided a way for us to make an amazing trade with God. Here's the trade, best trade ever. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, here's the invitation of rescue from Jesus. Here's the invitation. You hand me, Jesus says, you hand me your sin and I'll hand you my righteousness. Anybody up for that trade? That's a good trade. That's a fantastic trade that says, here we go. 
Jesus, I don't want this, I don't need this, I am stuck in this, I need a rescue, I can't get myself out of this, so please rescue me. And in that moment, he's already in a full-on sprint for you. He's already laid down his life for you. He's already broken the back of sin and death by what he did on the cross and then rising again three days later to prove he has the power to raise dead things to life. Man, what a rescuer. And now we got a clean slate before him because of his grace and mercy. Now we get a whole new identity that he gives us. When we come into his kingdom, we're under his kingship. And now if I'm a part of his kingdom, I'm one of his kids. You're one of his kids. You're a son or daughter of the king. Woohoo! That's phenomenal. What a rescue you and I have. And God's heart to rescue drives him. He's got a heart to rescue all those who are far off. I mentioned a while ago my adoptive dad passed away suddenly of a heart attack when he was 48 years old. I thank God for the first responders that rallied around my mom in the aftermath of all of that. But I got the phone call, my mom and Dad had been on vacation in Ireland when it happened, and uh, I was in California, got the phone call, and she's going to fly back, and I'm going to drive down to where my mom lives, meet her there, and uh, it crushed me. While I'm driving, I'm just like overwhelmed at the emotion of it all, and really, to be completely honest, was not paying attention to my speed that I was traveling down the freeway to get home, and uh, I was going way too fast. There was no excuse for it. I looked in my rear view mirror and saw flashing red lights, and my stomach sank. First responders, police officers, that's what happens to us when you pull us over. <laughs> the heart beats about 300 beats per minute. We feel like we're going to throw up or cry. I did both in the opening 30 seconds. I pulled over, and before the poor officer could even get up to my window, I was already in tears. Figured it works for the women, I should try it too, and uh, just kidding. But I was really just overwhelmed by the whole thing, and when he approached, he. He, he was kind of shocked to see the condition I was in, and I just started blabbering out. I'm so sorry. I know I was going too fast. I know why you pulled me over. I, I know I shouldn't have. My dad just passed, and I'm just bawling. And he, he, his, whole, his whole posture changed. He said, no, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hang on. Calm down. Calm down. And he reached in, and he put his hand on my shoulder. This officer said, don't, don't worry, just settle down, settle down, settle down. I'm not going to give you a ticket. You know what that's called? Mercy. Not getting what I did deserve. Composed myself a little bit, and he said, I don't have to if you don't want to, but if it's okay, 
would you mind if I prayed for you? You know what that's called? Grace. Getting something that I didn't deserve. With his hand on his shoulder, he reached in and he prayed for me. He prayed for my mom. He prayed for the days and the weeks that were still ahead. And what that first responder displayed to me about the heart of God in a moment where I desperately needed to see it was powerful. You see, where grace and mercy meet, it looks a whole lot like rescue. And it's the grace and mercy of Jesus that brings the rescue for me and you. And if you need that rescue, then you cry out to him, you call out to him, you just say, God, I need you. And he's ready to give it. There's no end to it. Praise God for that. So what do you do with a God that's got a heart like that? There's nothing to do. You do the same thing that I did when I was there on the roadside. You just humbly receive it. And you drive away changed. But the beauty about Jesus is that he can do something that the officer can't. Jesus is now in the car with you as you continue the journey. His heart of rescue is rich for every single person. It's rich for you today. Would you receive it? Would you call out to him knowing that his grace and mercy is there for you? And whatever you need to be rescued from, transferred out of and into, Jesus is the only one who can do it. And he's proven he's trustworthy in the person and the work of Jesus. He's proven his heart for rescue. And so gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, thank you, thank you for your love. We thank you, thank you, thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, God, for rescuing us over and over again for the times that you've rescued us that we're not even aware of. We thank you for what you've been doing throughout all of history. And we thank you that you don't just get us out of something, but you pull us into something else, a lasting relationship with you. Thank you for paying our debt. Thank you for making a trade that you took our sin on yourself and then you exchanged it. You gave us in exchange your righteousness and holiness, a whole new identity being a part of your kingdom. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I pray for those that need some rescue here today and ask that you would meet them right where they are at. Minister to them in these moments that we've got right now. We love you. Thank you for loving us and chasing after us first. In Jesus' name we Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. 
Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.